0: Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queen's podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Logan, directed by James Mangold and released in 2017. The plot of Logan goes something like this. In 2029, an aging Wolverine is living under the radar and caring for an ailing Charles Xavier when a new mutant child comes into their lives. And right now that's as much as I'm going to say about the plot without sounding the spoiler warning if you haven't seen this one yet. Uh, Go and see it before you come back and listen to our podcast because we will be talking spoilers.
1: Yeah. Um, So Logan was really, really hyped up for me. I've Mm. seen a lot of stuff that was like, oh, my God, Logan is so good. It's so, so good. It's so good. Um, And we've just come off like the back of the Oscars – Kind of weeks and weeks of Oscar stuff in a row, and it's all very emotionally harrowing and stuff. And people were talking about how emotional, Lo- uh, how emotional Logan is. And I think one of the reasons why I didn't find it as emotional as a lot of other people might be that I'm just kind of like we've seen so many movies recently that are really sad and emotional, so like this didn't quite get to yeah. me as much
0: and i um i was the same and i was coming off a funeral on friday like a family funeral so i was also not that emotional about this one but it, it was weird you'd think it would get to me mm. like i've watched these movies for years these two logan and charles are the best known of the x-men and probably my favorite. Well, one of my favorites Ch- um charles probably is yeah i mean charles is a favorite wolverine is wolverine he's fine uh, he's he's um, so,
1: like, he reminds me a little bit of Batman in that they're both, like, <laughs> really, really angsty and everybody loves them. And I'm like, they're not that great. Mm. They just mostly are grumpy and angsty and not mm. always for the best. Like, you know, a lot of the time they're just not given a good reason to be angsty. They just are. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I kind of, like, enjoy grumpy Logan. But at the same time, when it gets to the point where it's just, like, a lot of angst all the time, you're just kind of, like... Let's yeah. have something different here. He used to have some comedy in there.
0: Yeah, and I think Logan's at his best when he's so he's forced into situations that he doesn't want to do. Like he's forced out of his grumpiness by a child mm-hmm. or he's forced out of his grumpiness by in the necessity to be a hero or he's forced out of his grumpiness by Charles, two of which mm-hmm. happen in this movie. So I do like… Um, three of them happen in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> All three of those <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happen in this that's movie. That's when he's but... at his best. And so, therefore, I have thoughts about the way it ends because I think it, it's too much of a cop-out of an ending. <laughs> but… um. It, this is fine. Yeah, I also had this hyped up, and it's perfectly good and perfectly fine. And see, I actually think that. Yeah. I think the first
1: half was really good. Mm. Um I really enjoyed um especially the interplay between um Logan and, and Charles. That mm. was great. Patrick Stewart is on fire in this movie. He is so good in this movie yeah. that I could just watch him do this forever. Like he is so great. He balances all these different things that Charles is doing. He's you know um raving sometimes but also really lucid sometimes and and he has to be really like vulnerable but also mm-hmm. kind of trying to be his old self and oh my god it's so great and like the bit where he's desperately trying to hold on to some of his old self when um when laura shows up Mm. and he's like oh we'll protect you laura and you have to go back for laura and all that stuff Mm. was really kind of like this really sweet fragile vulnerable thing that he was doing and oh, i loved it god was so Mm. great and that i loved um but then i think once it got into a more x-meny plot by the end of the movie like with the the more evil Logan and the kids mm-hmm. and the kids who, by the way, were all like murderous and very capable of taking care of themselves, which is yeah. strange to me. Um But a lot of th- these other things that were going on around them, like at that, by that stage. And I, like, where did Laura learn to drive? That was driving me crazy for ages. Um, mm. But like all these things kind of start stacking up towards the end where you have to keep pushing the credulity of what you've just had for the beginning part. Yep. There was also kind of like these realistic powers and things like that. And I think that's the point at which it kind of started to lose me. Basically, from when Charles, spoilers, when Charles dies onwards, like mm-hmm. the, when Charles dies, killer. Everything after that, I was like, oh, no, I'm not that interested anymore.
0: Yeah. No, you're probably right. And the, fr- the front end of the movie has some of the more interesting stuff, like the stunt driving sequence. Oh, my God. So where good. they get away from um the people chasing them in Mexico. Holy crap. I loved it. I, went, I loved this it. This morning I went and researched who was the stunt driving team behind this and if I can find anything more because all of the stunt work on this was actually really good but that stunt driving team, oh, my God. In the big so limo good. and when yeah. they try – I love when they try to go through the fence and it doesn't work and it pulls mm-hmm. them – oh, I lo- God. I just – I loved that
1: whole sequence. Mm. That was like perfect action sequence stuff. Yeah,
0: incredible action but still had those elements of realism to it. Oh, so good.
1: This movie also looked really really gorgeous. Mm. Even when I was getting bored, I could really enjoy like the way it looked. Yeah. There's these wonderful oh, scenes yeah. even late in the movie when um Wolverine's in the woods and he's kind of in his element and they they do these wonderful helicopter shots of him mm. going through the woods and stuff and it's gorgeous. I loved that. Um it lo- the whole way through it just looks great. It looks- and it looks kind of post-apocalyptic but not too like yeah. you know, it's a dark gritty future but not too far down that road and yeah. it's it's um the 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 whole location with the tanks where they live mm-hmm. was great. Uh-huh. Um, I loved all that
0: stuff. Yep. And even inside that tank set where Charles was living was amazing as well. Yeah. Um, it got I got a bit of a um Mad Max vibe off of it, especially when they were in Mexico with the the colour of the dirt and all that kind yeah, of Yeah, people
1: were really talking about that before this movie but came I'm out, especially not with not the trailer. No. <laughs>
0: not complaining about that it looks like Mad Max at all um, because it actually nails that post-apocalyptic stuff very well it's got a, it does have that feeling of those sort of that 1970s era movie of, of like Mad Max but there are a few in that sort of vein where you combine sort of road trips and post-apocalyptic bleakness. it's
1: not quite post-apocalyptic it's on its way there. yeah it reminded me more of stuff like Repo Man and things like that it was like
0: actually that. an interesting an interesting look at a movie set like 12 years in the future too because it sort of it wasn't like there's been an apocalypse it was like The world is just worse. We continued on our path, you know. Mm. The path of inequality got worse and worse. And so there are some bits of technology that are amazing, but for a lot of regular folk, life's gotten harder and worse. I do want to talk about inequality a little bit in the sense that sort
1: of by necessity, but not entirely, this movie is very white guy focused. Um, And the women and non-white people in this movie are treated pretty terribly. Like, because really, the there's only like a few characters that matter, right? Yes, there's there's three basically characters that matter, and mm. then they add in another one who's also a as like as white as you can get guy because he's an albino. Yeah, um, Caliban was also I'm sure he was in X Men Apocalypse, but I'm pretty sure Stephen Merchant didn't play him in X Men Apocalypse. Mm. Um, but anyway, so that was like that was frustrating for me because you get like um laura's kind of nurse mother person yeah um who gets killed horribly then you get the black family who all get killed horribly mm-hmm. like and and they talk about the women who the who like gave birth to the Mutant program kids, mm-hmm. and they all got killed horribly. Like it's just really, really bleak. Oh my god, there's so much violence against children in this movie too. It was really upsetting to me a lot of the time. The mm. the kid who gets shot through the shoulder at the end, I like gasped so loudly that people around us stared at me. I was mm. like,
0: "That's awful." I didn't actually notice him getting shot. I was just yeah, anyway. And I, when when Laura got the this thing through her chest, oh, that yeah.
1: upset me a lot. I don't mm. I don't like watching violence happen to children. And that was pretty upsetting.
0: The rest of the violence didn't upset me at all. I thought no. uh, people said it was really gory. I was like, eh. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I was expecting either. Like, yes, there's lots of Wolverine claws through heads and stuff, but they're only of, like, evil henchmen. So. <laughs> and cutting people's heads off and things. Yeah, But, yeah, it's not, like,
1: as gory as I thought it would be. It's just kind of bloody, I yeah. guess.
0: I think it's interesting, actually, what you were saying about um, people, the way people of colour are treated because I can imagine they thought they were being super progressive when they made the farming family that they sleep that they spend the night with, black, they'll probably yeah. be like, oh, yes, we should add a bit of diversity into the cast. This family can be black. But from the moment we come across them, from the moment they encounter these people, you know they're they are doomed. doomed. <laughs> you see them and you're like, oh, no, you're doomed. So it, what it kind of it- help that they, like,
1: cast – so people uh, cast Eric LaSalle who's mm. like recognizable yeah. into that role. You know, you just, as soon as you see them, like you're like, oh, those guys are going to die to prove the situation is serious. Yeah. Um, and that kid was so nice. He was so nice and it's just awful. It's really, it upsets me to see all that violence against kids. It really, really mm. does. Um, I hated that.
0: I think that's kind of it. It's part of the, the thing is like that the violence is so extreme and it's so horrible that it kind of, in a lot of cases, um, undermines the emotion. Maybe that's what it, the problem is. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely something to seeing Wolverine.
1: Like in this movie, he spends about two minutes at full Wolverine potential, mm. and the whole rest of the movie in some kind of consumptive drama,
0: like pain. Yeah, <laughs> he's dying
1: of the consumption. Yes, <laughs> he's coughing game. up
0: blood. Um, oh. because they they were that original with him. Uh, and but again, I like the old man Logan stuff. Yeah. They're, him needing glasses and that was really cute actually stuff. yeah when he gets his he gets the that cheap was the, drugstore I think glasses. the only
1: real kind of moments of humor were mm. the cheap drugstore glasses and then there's a moment where charles says they make you look younger which is really cute yeah and then the, the i liked also the line charles was great mm. um yes he was <laughs> but there's this line boyd holbrook i think says to charles um oh the world's most famous dr Genarian and he goes i'm a non actually and yeah. i loved that a lot that was very like Charlesy. Mm-hmm. i liked that moment I, lo- I just i loved him so much i think that part of the problem when he was gone was that he wasn't there to uplift the movie yeah, and he does and he, he carries this movie on his well charm yeah i was gonna say wheelchair <laughs> the charm is probably nicer. Well, yeah, But no, I but really like also all the little like details of caregiving that were in this mm. movie, like Logan having to carry him everywhere and stuff. Well, I, was, right. I think
0: that that bit also works really well because it is, it's about like caregiving in both directions, like caring for an older person and caring for a child and putting Logan in that situation. Logan who doesn't like people or caring or any of that kind of stuff. That is undoubtedly where you reveal his character. So like, that sort of integer, the, the sort of you know messed up family with the intergenerate mm. with the kid the middle-aged person in the middle caring for the aged parent and the young kid is probably very relatable to a lot of people watching it but also just like that is a really good situation to put Logan in mm.
1: yeah there's these um what was i going to say oh yeah i didn't think that Caliban was really the best person to balance out that trio i thought Stephen Merchant did a pretty good job as him yeah. i thought that was an interesting character but i didn't feel like he added a lot to that group mm. Like, I felt like there might be other characters that could do more. Like, I th- I feel like he was more of a plot device. Oh, where's a mutant that we can use that can be useful in this plot? Yeah. And he tracks mutants and so they needed him. Right. But, like, it just doesn't feel like he really contributed to the dynamic very much. No. I feel like there may be, like, if, if there was somebody who was more of a connection or, I don't know, something else. Yeah, or so else. someone
0: yeah, who we'd known, I think, a bit more through the earlier films. Because, like you said, if, if Caliban was around before, which we think he was, he wasn't played by Stephen Merchant. So, if you brought back, I'm sure that he another was, like they went actor. to a club.
1: I remember um, mm. um, Mystique goes to a mm. club and there's Caliban in it. Um, and yeah, he's, but he's if we if it had been
0: one of the other mutants, one of the older generation of mutants who was there helping them or something, who's stuck out there because he can't go anywhere else, like you could fit. I don't know. Any of them into that role, really?
1: Yeah, but the, yeah, and then, and then I think it was it was an economy of storytelling thing because they want to mm. keep as a few comments. they want to keep as few characters as possible. Also, there was something really, really odd about the other Logan. Like, yes. is he
0: CG'd or something? Well, it, it looks like they've like done a bit of CG youthening on um on Hugh Jackman's face. Maybe. They
1: always think we can't tell. I can always freaking tell. Like. Every time I look – because I looked at him and I'm like, there's something wrong with him that's not yeah, right. Yeah, I mean,
0: it was actually – as far as those kind of uncanny valley jobs go, it was actually pretty good because yeah. it was still looked largely like his body, but they just kind of smoothed out a few edges, I think. Um, Because okay. Hugh Jackman does actually look a lot more like old man Logan now. He does, yeah. Which is fine. That's how he looks. He's whatever yeah, he's he is. he's been playing late, in this his late 40s, role for like, what, 20 years? Yeah, about 17. But, yeah, he's – I mean, he looks how he looks. That's fine. But I- – um, Rounded up. Yeah, but it is. It's close to 20 years in the one role. So he's got to be like in his late 40s, I think. Yeah. Now. So, I mean, that's how he looks and that's fine. Um, But it it did a bit – that didn't so much bother me. I didn't think it was as bad as it, it could have been. No, it was uh, – yeah. It was a bit odd though. Thomas Lemarquis played t- – t- uh, Thomas – yeah, Lemarquis
1: played t- Caliban in X-Men Apocalypse. That's right, it.
0: right, which would have been set, which was set in the 80s. Yeah. So like in which it is, wouldn't have Stephen Merchant would have been the right age to play the role anyway, so that makes that's yeah. fine that he didn't but um it's not a character that was particularly memorable or central. But it also kind of is brain breaking mm. <laughs> like
1: when you realise that, that happened. Although like yeah, it makes sense for him to still be in the continuity, but yeah. But yeah, uh it's um look, I mean it it's like Hugh Jackman does a good job. He's been playing this character for so long. Mm that he does a good job playing Logan. He really gets into the bones of him. Although there were bits in, like, I remember when I saw Apocalypse, there were bits that I really liked of him in that that felt very real but still kind come of in lighter.
0: In, in, in Apocalypse, a bit like in First Class, he kind of gets to come in and be the comic like relief, which he's not carrying the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's only in it. No way. Comes in
0: to rescue them in. I'm right?
1: thinking of Days of Future Past. Days of
0: Future Past, he has a big role in.
1: Yes. No, I'm thinking of Days of Future Past, the bits that I liked. I just said Apocalypse. Okay. Yep. So, in Days of Future Past, there are bits of Logan that I really liked, like that are telling about his character, but also that are like really interesting anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But this, because it's so focused on him, I think some of that whininess came out a little bit more um, yep. and that frustrates me. Like, every so often, you're just like, would you please just suck it up for five minutes? Yeah. Please. Like, parts where he's arguing, when he's trying to take the backpack from Laura, and you're like, she's a child. Would you stop? You're acting like a petulant teenager. Mm. And he's, like, 150 years old. He should not be,
0: you know, emo Getting teen-waxing. worked up over that kind of yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, It's just frustrating sometimes. Um,
0: yes, whereas when that's taken in small doses though in those like in the other films it's kind of funny but yeah, when exactly. it's the whole thing and he just like
1: mate and you're in his you're in his shoes all the time as well mm. you're w- walking around with him and stuff like i like that they kind of highlighted that he was older but at the same time like it there's yeah. this it's not quite grumpy old man but it's it's a little bit too petulant yeah and there's nobody fun for him to bounce off no, with and, that and stuff
0: like and they make laura doesn't even talk for most of the movie. Yeah, and just, it really
1: feels like he's picking on her a lot, right? Like yeah. it feels like he's just picking on this child mm. a
0: lot of the time. I mean, I know she can take care of herself, but still, yeah. she's not going to it, and it needed more bits like the bit in the um there in the petrol station where she's like stealing food and sunglasses. That was kind of well done because it actually shows her it, it gives him a reason to have to discipline her, yeah. right? But there's not a whole lot of those moments as it yeah, goes it's on. Yeah, that economy of storytelling thing
1: again, isn't mm. it? It is very economical.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: And until the end, and then it kind of explodes out of... Proportion, and yeah. it's still. I think part of the thing is also like they have to keep giving us all these minions for them to fight. Wow. Like they just keep pumping out these army guys, and you're like, where are they getting them all? And who's gonna keep doing this? Mm. Who's gonna keep doing this? Who's gonna keep going into these situations knowing that the last team got shredded by Wolverine and and Laura, and then go into yeah. this situation and get shredded? And they just by- go in with their guns like as if they
0: don't know about the healing factor.
1: Yes, that every time, There's every single even time they where, um, him,
0: and you're like, stop it. It was even a bit where the blonde guy yells out, "Don't stop shooting!" He heals like as if to say, "Yeah, oh.
1: Boyd Holbrook." Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know his character's name. I thought he was pretty good in this movie too. Actually, I liked mm. him in this. Yes, he um, was a good
0: choice for that role. Yeah,
1: he uh, always, for me, makes me think of Draco Malfoy, but um, the ca- the actor. Um, he, was, he made me think of um, Ben Foster actually, but yeah. I love Ben Foster. He's not as good as no, Ben no, Foster. No, no, he's no.
0: He, but that's what I was thinking. He's like a poor man's Ben, ben Foster. Ben Foster
1: was in X Men. He was in um, yeah, X Three. He was like the only good part of that movie when he mm. played Angel, and he he was like the,
0: the um gay parallels. And yeah, he yeah. Had his wings cut off and everything. I Ugh. I remember that. Yeah. Um. But Boyd Holbrook was quite good. It was um. And then Richard E. Grant also chewing the scenery. Yeah, yeah. He was so pointless though
1: in this. Oh. I, again, that was a role that you feel like should have had more of a. Something weight more. to him, yeah. Um,
0: and he just wasn't. He, he just have was barely felt there. More menacing, and yeah. He, I was, think he just, was a bit too funny. He just felt too. He felt, yeah, he felt comical, not menacing, which is what he was supposed to be. I don't even know if he was supposed to be menacing. <laughs> it seemed like he was supposed to be weak, right? Mm. Like Boyd Holbrook was supposed to be
1: menacing, but Richardie Grant's character seemed to be like, yeah, kind of wimpy.
0: But yeah, usually, like though, I don't think it was him. I think it was the character. Yeah, because well, you're usually with a mad scientist like that, you would have a bit more crazy to them or a bit more something, yeah. build them up a bit more But a they made more it crazy, very much, a bit more menace, a bit more something.
1: They made it, made it very much like, oh, he's scared of his own creations. He won't go out there. He's always hiding. Mm. It, I think that was the character. They were trying to make him look mm. wimpy, um, but it doesn't really work for them. There were funny things like that. Like, Boyd Holbrook was a much better villain, obviously. Mm. Because then he got killed, by the way. His death scene is crazy. It's basically just a bunch of kids committing a very, very slow, very deliberate murder. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy crap, that's dark. That was so dark, man. Like, oh my god. But yeah, he was, he was much better. He was much more kind of, but Mm. he was also like, he played it better, but he was also written yeah, as much better. more threatening. Yep. he had some really good lines in there that mm-hmm. little digs at Logan and little digs at people, and his kind of morality and motivation were very clear. Mm-hmm. I thought the hand thing was stupid. I didn't well, they think never it needed ex- it. Blamed it, probably. No, and other it didn't than do the much. fact that he
0: put whatever he put the fingerprints on there for what his own nefarious reasons.
1: Yeah, but it didn't really no. add anything. Nope. but um, except for a you know bigger CG budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but like.
0: He's so he's it so kind of better to give him some actual mutation would have made it yeah. better.
1: But he's so evil but with a very well that wouldn't work with his character though, because he's mm. evil with but with very clear motivations, right? Mm. He's like mutants are dangerous, mutants are bad, these kids aren't really people, they're creations mm. and therefore they don't count as real people. Yeah. And anybody who gets in the way of that is the, like he, he specifically Oh no, Richard E. Grant says to Caliban at one point, no, maybe it's I think it is him, says, Do one more thing for the good guys. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's Boyd Holbrook who says that. And you see yeah, very he clearly he truly yeah. believes that he's the good guys. Yeah. He, he does not at any point think that the things that he's doing are like bad things with a mean to an e- means to an end. He genu- genuinely yeah. thinks, oh, no, I'm the hero here. Yeah, I actually thought that was a
0: really good line. And I know this movie was made, you know, six plus months ago, but it actually feels really good in like early stages of Trump's America where you've got immigration agents and the like kind of doing this sort of enforcement work on behalf of the – the administration and they're horrible and this but they're like we're the good guys. We're the cops kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's what he feels like. He he's but I like that because he's never he's not like a just an evil guy with no kind of clear reason to be evil he knows exactly what he wants to do and he thinks he's a hero for doing yeah, it and he, that's that's right really int- I like i like mm. that they put that effort into him mm. um and that's what i mean like all of this stuff is early in the movie right like yeah. a lot of this stuff that we're talking about that's good is earlier on in the movie once it gets into full-on x-men territory it kind of falls apart a little bit mm. which is funny because i love x-men movies i do i love X- i'm such yeah. an x-men apologist i like the bad ones as well Not X3, but a lot of the bad ones.
0: (laughs) Um, Even X3 has its moments. Yeah, it does.
1: Um, But it also has the Charles always did like Building Bridges line. So Mm. let's call it a wash. (laughs) But but the thing is I love that kind of over-the-top, cheesy, fun – we love mutants and superheroes vibe yeah. um i like that they go for really obvious metaphors that younger people can understand but it's mm-hmm. also really fun right um x men is definitely going for a more adult vibe and i think that's why so many people like it but it made it a lot less fun for me and i get that it's more emotionally engaging but i think it it loses a little bit and when it tries to like move back into that territory it really struggles
0: And it's funny because coming off movies that genuinely live or die on their emotional engagement, like all the Oscar movies that we've watched, basically, right, exactly. We're coming off things like Moonlight and even Manchester by the Sea, where that really even like Jackie, yeah, emotional work happens, and it's sort of they don't quite match that level. No, and
1: that's the thing I think is that like, and and that's I mean this isn't that kind of movie, but at the same time.
0: They they do kind of get close with a lot it, of the stuff that that that's early. on. But it's sort of trying to pay homage to sort of cinematic greats. It you know well it's such a western too yeah exactly it's paying homage to west even even references the re- Shane the western um and but it's it's paying homage to like the westerns paying homage to the indie directors of the seventies it's yeah. kind of paying that it, it, it I, I also made me think at one point of Easy Rider just the road trip kind of movie all that sort of stuff it's got all that cinematic language in there that film grammar really so you know. You're going to compare it. It's, it's not meant to be the quite the same, but it, it's meant to kind of make that stuff accessible.
1: I love that this reminds us of Mad Max and we're bringing up film grammar again. But, yeah, you're right. It, it is referencing things that we are familiar with and it needs to kind of um, know what it's doing with that. I mean, I, I appreciate a lot of the stuff. I, it, felt, it felt a lot like fan fiction to me. <laughs> but like the really, yeah. really good stuff, you know, like the stuff that's like, oh, this is the real consequences of what would be happening. This is like the real kind of PTSD that people would work through and the real consequences of caring. And they can do that in these 50,000 word mm. long, like, you know, hundreds of chapters long fan fictions that they write. Mm. Um But like it did kind of hit me that way. Like it felt like something that fans would do. And I can't, that was one of the things that I really connected with about this movie was that it felt like somebody who really loved – this universe, mm. putting their own story. And I know it's based on the comics of Old Man Logan and stuff, but putting their own kind of like, this is what I would like to see in this universe. Like mm. these real consequences, well, I mean, that's what this real stuff. Comics
0: like Old Man Logan kind of are speculative fiction. Yeah, they're kind of they. Um, yeah, it, it does sort of feel like that. Maybe that's why also uh, I felt a bit detached from the emotional consequences. I was like, yes, Charles really would die. Yes, Logan really would die. But yeah.
1: Yeah. it, all, it Well, the, that's part of the thing with, I think, the X-Men movies now, though, is that... Like, You're never really dead
0: in an X-Men movie. <laughs> no, it's not just that. It's like
1: everything is debatable. Everything yeah. is negotiable. But I know they're not... They said... Both actors have said they're not coming back, which is mm. fine. Patrick Stewart has done for Charles Xavier the greatest service, and he has been wonderful. And, and it's good that this And is also, um, uh, James McAvoy is well and truly capable of taking up that magic. Yeah. He's also done a wonderful job. Uh, yeah, so. but
0: it was lovely to see... Patrick Stewart back again and he's playing so the gross. role because he's so good and and I like James McAvoy too and I think he's very good but watching Patrick Stewart do it again he he knows what he's doing with this role he knows who this person is and he knows how to he has that gravitas
1: yeah and it's a movie that suits that well but all yeah. that you know Shakespearean training and stuff bring brought yeah. into this role where he just knows just when to be just silly enough and just mm. when to pull it back and be really serious and yeah. how to interact with everybody just the right way slightly subtle differences Mm. Um, all of that stuff is it's so kind of like meaty and delicious and Mm. I just the movie is so much better when he's in it it just is like he lifts every scene that he's in um, Mm. no matter who he's interacting
0: with yeah just wonderful and and, yeah and so I appreciate that both actors aren't going to do this anymore And I think that's a good decision because particularly for Hugh Jackman because physically this must take a toll on him like Especially how big they've asked him to get in recent movies, there's got to be steroids involved. The the diet and exercise alone must be killer. And look, he's done a great job. Like yeah. this is a
1: character that he's basically made into an iconic figure. in mm-hmm. like I know that Wolver- lots of people liked Wolverine before, but Wolverine was definitely not, not as iconic way. before Hugh Jackman no, played. No, absolutely not. Um, and he and
0: the thing well, about the fact Hugh Jackman—he's got three mo- solo movies in out in this series of X-Men movies. He's the only character who's got spinoffs.
1: Yeah. I think the thing and, – and that's not – I mean, I don't like Wolverine that much, but I, like, I appreciate what Hugh Jackman has done for Wolverine. Mm. I think the, the thing that Hugh Jackman brings that's so good is, like, all the bits where he does show that little sliver of heart that he has are his best moments. Yep. Right? Because that's what – he's not actually best at the growling and the grumping and the snarking and the – very heavy emotions he's mm. the best at those little caring moments So yep. the moment when he was dying was really sweet when he yeah was like oh it feels like this is what it feels like that yeah. bit, and like trying to connect with laura that
0: was sweet mm. um although i have to say i think that killing him was the wrong ending i think it lets him off let's wolverine let's logan off too easy right i think well it would have been a, a better ending would have been to have Somehow have him survive, but he has to take over the Charles Xavier role. Basically, yes, he survives, but he survives by getting like the last vial of that, the stuff that can help him repair. So he can't fight anymore, but he has to take on that Charles role of mentoring these kids as they like they set up in their new world. And the movie shows the kids as being very capable, but you know, just that 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 sort of need to mentor them when they go too far or whatever. Like,
1: I think you've actually misunderstood what was going on ending at the end of the movie because I'm fairly certain. That ju- there's like a border, and just over the border there are adult mutants. I think that's what the movie was right. trying to imply, because that's the. Well, Indian, it was implying
0: right? that that Canada is a safe place. Well, it's not just that.
1: I think it was also implying that there's very specifically mutants, right?
0: Waiting. So I was sort of, yeah. And see, I'd sort of seen it more as I would have also liked it because it would get Logan back to Logan has to go back to Canada yeah. about his days in Canada. But that that would have been a better ending because it doesn't let him off the hook. Like, Logan's been trying to die in every single movie I've ever seen him in, right? He's always got miserable. a death wish. He's that's always not true. The miserable. first one
1: was about him finding a, like, a reason cause again live. and a reason that's to the live But pro-
0: that's every single Wolverine movie has been about him finding a cause and finding a reason to live. Mm. And it's almost funnier to have him go off into the sunset as his mentor to this good. It is, of children. but I
1: think this was movie was not about being funny or being mean to Logan. I think this movie or punishing Logan for anything or, you know, I, I was think more, it was
0: more poetic. I think it's I know, a poetic ending. But, but
1: I think it was yeah. just about
0: finishing Although, his I think story and giving him the and relief Jackman that he wanted deserves to get a good send off like that. And he yeah. did. He got a good send off and a good death scene.
1: Oh yeah, that put, turning the cross on its side to make it, it into fantastic. the X was great. I loved it. such good symbolism was one of the best parts of that end part. That I I don't actually feel like I think they were trying to be really deep with that Shane reference at the at the funeral, but it feels like they're trying to be deep and it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. It's not genuine at all. It no. was oddly empty. Although
0: it, it was like it was cute that X23 has got the speech memorized because of sitting in the hotel room and watching it. Yeah. That was cute, but it wasn't it sort of came it didn't quite work in I think the way they intended it to work. How did she learn to drive? Oh, this is interesting because I first saw her driving and I was like, well, I grew up in the country, heaps of 11-year-olds drive. And I'm like, no, but she didn't grow up in the country. No. She grew up in an institution. So it implies that she's not good at driving, like she's parked across the lines and across the curb and stuff. Yes, but driving takes
1: more than just, oh, I watched you do it a couple of times, now I know how to do it. Well, I mean, but if it was an automatic
0: transmission. It wasn't. Well, was I it? know no, it wasn't. It I was watched a, her It was do a was the side of the steering wheel column shift, column shift? I think is what it's called, where the gears are in a, on a stick that sticks out the side of the yeah. steering column. Um, but I, I, I don't know. She's a she's a small. She's a young child. But not she's a small tall child. enough to reach the
1: pedals. She is tall enough to reach the pedals. However. Learning to drive takes more than, like, watching somebody drive for a few days. It just does. If she hasn't done it before, she's not going to be able to do it. She's going to drive that thing immediately into a ditch and not be able to get it out, and then they're all going to die. It's It just frustrated me. The, but moving I even figured bonnet, there was lots of
0: long, straight road, and there um she, not no, many cars. They were next
1: to the water. There wasn't even a road. She had to get off the ro- like, onto the road. It just frustrates me that they don't even bother to try to answer that question. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like they don't. They don't show her watching Logan learning how to do it. They don't show her asking questions about how to do it. I don't actually. She doesn't talk till after that. But they don't show her doing any of this stuff that would
0: imply that she's right. And they just show fight training. They also don't say that she's quick
1: at learning to do it, Mm. right? They don't. They don't specifically say, "Oh, she's really fast at learning
0: mechanical things." Right.
1: They never at any point make even the Mm. (laughs) make even the vaguest of references as to why this eleven-year-old child knows how to drive well enough to and knows how to drive well enough to find a walk-in clinic to,
0: like, where did she find that? Especially, How did she get back well, to town? It's also <laughs> inconsistent about her ability to speak English as well because she's grown up in this clinic in Mexico, so she speaks Spanish fluently. She's clearly picked up some English from, like, Richard E. Grant and the other doctors, but she really, like, she can clearly understand what's going on most of the time. Right. That was weird too because
1: everybody else in her little group speaks with no accent. Well, that yeah. That was weird. Also, but actually, my heart broke a little bit because there was this bit where um, the little girl who looks like Cisco from The Flash mm. um, um, is um, clearly Iceman's daughter. Like she can yeah. blow the the yeah. ice, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. my little Ashmore twin, so cute." Um, yeah. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, they all speak without an accent. Yeah. Right. So why is she so bad at English, and they're
0: all? Yeah. Because it's because she was hired. Like they, she's Spanish. Um. so they hired her as a Spanish actress but the kids were all played by two of them were played by her stunt doubles so and they found the stunt doubles for her by kind of approaching like kids who were champions at martial arts and karate and stuff like that so they picked all these American kids who were picked for their ability to do martial arts and do the stunts and carry all that stuff Uh, and then she was picked for her acting ability and her fact that she was a native Spanish speaker so it kind of it didn't make sense. You know what cracks me up? They should have gone to Mexico and picked up Mexico's yeah. kids who are good at martial arts. Anyway, you know what well, cracks Spain's me up, though that is that, like the um they always have to have that
1: one mutant who looks different, hmm. not more than one, just the one guy. Yeah, yeah. Everyone like else, lizard
0: kid. Everyone else looks like regular humans, and there's one guy who looks like um he's halfway through the vampire transformation on Buffy.
1: Yeah, or like more. I, I was thinking more like the um the lizard. Like it, it looked a little lizardy, mm. but yeah. Um, yeah. They always have to have, like, one that mm-hmm. just looks different, but just just to show that they're mutants, just one visible mutant. Yeah. One of the most interesting storylines in the X-Men universe has always been how more visible mutants have to deal with it. Like, mm-hmm. when you're in X-Men first change. class with the whole mutant and proud thing and – Yeah, um, well, well
0: um, I mean, what's his name? Um, uh, Nightcrawler? Beast? Uh, yeah, I was thinking of Beast and Mystique, for example. Like, Mystique yeah. can go out in the world because she could transform, but – Beast can't. Well,
1: yeah. Theoretically, Beast is not supposed to be able to, but they keep switching back and forth. Mm. Part of the problem, I think, with that is hiring Nicholas Holt of all people to play the Beast, yeah, who is really like one of the most looking, beautiful so people in
0: the world. <laughs> you want to kind of switch him back to being human. Yeah, But, but, um, um,
1: that, but that that is that Nightcrawler has always been one of my yeah, favourites. I think a lot of people's favourites. People yeah. really love Nightcrawler, but Kurt has a really rough time. Yeah,
0: because of that stuff about not, um, not being able to pass. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: yeah the passing stuff and that's another thing with the whole gay metaphor and all that sort of thing i mean it's really like all of that stuff is is th- mm. i think that's the problem the problem really with logan is that it doesn't deal with any of the actual x-meny themes
0: no um Lo- it deals it, logan... with
1: the old story of who wolverine is which we've seen a yeah. few times
0: yeah it, it deems with it deals with his misanthropic character yeah but it's got not it doesn't the power stuff is not is only a small part of that like part of the problem is that he's lived for 150 years and everyone he loves has died and aged around him sure that's fine but and he loves charles so much in yeah. this movie too
1: it's just kind of like that stuff really kind of got to me mm. the stuff when charles says he's a disappointment kind of breaks your heart you mm. know and and that was very purposefully breaking your heart but it was so good yeah so delicious and like, he has to do that he has to s- Take this, he has to, he has to be berated by Charles and then care for him immediately mm-hmm. afterwards. And that stuff was like, Oh, that just kind of got to me. You know, that kind of made my heart clench. And Charles is just trying to do the right thing as well. And both of them are just human and trying to do the right thing. Mm. But Charles is frequently saying awful things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and then Charles finally has this moment where he's like, Oh, I've been awful, but then immediate, he doesn't get to say it to Logan. They don't get to have that kind of moment of catharsis because Charles says it to the wrong Logan and gets killed for it. And, oh, Mm. oh, that scene really, like... That was was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you were going to cry, it'd be there.
1: Yeah. And that was was what I thought as well. Like, that was the bit... And all of that stuff, Mm. any of those scenes were kind of like, you know, you feel that. That's Mm. something that's so relatable and you can feel it. And, yeah, that stuff was just much more interesting to me than the Mm. later, you know, the family that slices people apart together stays together.
0: Like so there were bits that were so, there were bits so that were so silly. It's mm. not just yeah, it was, too it violent. Was it was silly was, violence. Like yeah. it was just, it was unrealistically um, uh, like um, what's the word am I, uh, that I'm thinking of? Like it, it was just too much. Like it just was like this was so violent and so bloody and it's, it's silly. Like yeah. like the kids um killing off Boyd Holbrook's character. Yeah, that's <laughs> just silly. silly. It really is. It really is. it doesn't is just have silly. an effect because it's silly. Yeah.
1: And like the, um, although the, the, uh, um, Chekhov's adamantium bullet thing, <laughs> <laughs> like that was also, like, you don't care about this guy that got killed. The, that's the problem. I think that the villain is too, uh, the villainry is too unfocused. Mm. The real villain of this piece, the good villain of this piece is Boyd Holbrook, right? Yes. Are the Adding in the Logan fighting himself, like, Luke in Empire
0: Strikes Back stuff um, is so it immediately pulls you out because it feels silly. Yeah, um, it felt like they just they really wanted to make sure they had this bit in where hot Hugh Jackman fights old Hugh Jackman.
1: Yeah, and but also like oh, see it's a metaphor. He's fighting himself. Yeah, it's metaphorical. It get, but, get, it? get it? Get it? Do you get it? Do yeah, you get it.
0: And all the only reason is is to give Hugh Jackman a chance to play Wolverine at full capacity one last time.
1: I didn't see it as that so much as, like, I felt like they th- thought they were being cle-
0: Like, they thought they were being clever, like, the line, the, the Shane
1: quote at the funeral and stuff. I think when the movie was... Right. There they were think bits, they're deeper than they are. Yeah. It, there were b- definitely bits of this movie where I felt like they felt really smart for doing it. Mm. And I'm like, you're not. You're just not pulling this off as well as you think you are. Go back to the more emotional, like, family drama stuff. That was better. Mm. Um, And he... I don't know what else James Mangold has directed, actually, but he did that stuff really well.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's he was a well known director before he took this on.
1: Yeah. Like but actually, I don't know. No, I don't I remember.
0: I, I don't have his um, IMDb in front of me, but he's not like it, it wasn't like Colin Trevorrow or anything. He was mm. he came into this established as a director.
1: Who's the other one that I don't like?
0: I don't remember. Uh you know, there's a few of them. <laughs> He directed Walk the Line, for example, and Girl Interrupted. Uh,
1: he directed Walk the Line. No wonder there's so much Johnny Cash in yep. this movie. Oh, 310 to Yuma, that makes sense as well. Mm. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yep. No, so he's done done a few. He's actually. Yep. And the Western thing makes so much yep. sense now too. I yep. No, no, like his, his sort of back catalog. Oh, but he also directed The Wolverine, so there you go.
0: Yep. Yes, he did. That's right. Sorry, I, I just assumed you knew that. Yes, he did. I didn't we we actually reviewed that earlier in, in the early days of the podcast so and we talked about James Mangold when we did that episode <laughs> about how he was relatively well known and all relatively established blah 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 yeah but i stuff. think we I, I seem to remember we
1: actually liked the direction in that we movie did, it yeah. was just
0: there were things about it that were
1: like mm. we liked things about that movie we were actually talking about that recently cuz melissa was confused about the timeline in um, wolverine origins Oh yeah, right. Batman Origins. Yes, yeah, so about which
0: bit was in the 1800s and which bit was in the yeah. just
1: before the war. Yeah, and then I was talking about how he goes back to Canada, I think, and that's where Rila Fukushima finds him for the mm, for, for the Wolverine. The Wolverine. So yeah. I think going back to Canada, actually, and him dying in Canada would have been
0: that's what I mean. Uh, but maybe they were trying to go for like, oh, he almost got made there. back to Canada, and but he just got buried near the border or something. Yeah,
1: I no, yeah, um. I, I think we've actually been talking about this for a really long time. We, we have. We can probably wrap up. I'm still trying to work out what to give it, but yeah. Um yeah, I, I think that they I appreciate that they were trying to do something different with yeah. it. But I'm I'm a fan of the silliness of X Men, to be honest. Like I I think the and I, I appreciate the, the uh, superhero movies are trying to do something different mm. I'm really hoping that the takeaway from this movie is like the success of this movie, movie isn't oh audiences want only R-rated superhero movies now but I have a feeling it might be mm-hmm. um, based on the articles I've seen it's like Deadpool and, and Logan were both successful this is why and you're like no that's not why it's yeah. because they're
0: doing something different do something different yeah it, that's right but they'll probably take that and then they'll look at the, the Netflix Marvel shows and be like yes gritty and R-rated is what people want and it's not Entirely.
1: No, I think it's just gritty and R-rated occasionally gives them room to explore different themes. Mm. But, if themes more, but if they explored those themes a little bit more But if they those themes a little bit more in the PG thirteen movies, it'd be fine. Like mm. I think people would enjoy that. Um, yeah, it would or if they some- pushed the boundaries, or if they maybe made a hero who wasn't like the same as all the other heroes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's what people liked about Deadpool, right? That he's like so funny. Yeah, and, and the movies. so I like... believe so.
0: I believe it's the the humor. Yeah, that gets that. That's what gets people into Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Cause not. It's I mean, his story is not that different from a whole lot of other heroes, right? Well, we
1: discussed this. It's Darkman,
0: but yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's He it, you know, there's not a lot of not a lot new in superheroing especially when they're all like white and male and around about forty. that's what i'm trying to do like, you, you know you um
1: you and yeah to be fair my probably my favorite of the main kind of superheroes is the epitome of white and male and like um you know he's square-jawed captain American america it's yeah, my favorite too because he but but that's the thing is that like they have to challenge themselves with Steve, when they do him <laughs> well, like in in um, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, they have to challenge themselves with Steve because he is so, like, stand up. Clean cut. Clean cut. You know this—the epitome of the superhero—that they have to kind of push him. Yeah. Um. Whereas you don't have to push Wolverine. No. He's already there.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, then I guess we should wrap up Wolverine. Can you imagine uh, if they sorry, just Logan. made a
1: movie called Steve that was about just Steve. Steve? That would be great. I would love. I that. I would love that though. That's just about the relationship, like just really tightly focused on the relationships between like Steve and
0: Bucky and Sam or something. Just and, like. Um. Chris Evans would love that. I know. Give him a chance to do something. He's trying so hard to break into like doing interesting indie, like out it's there stuff. It's funny because it he used him a great to do that before he did Captain America. He always kind of
1: chose roles that weren't what we're, he looked like. We're you a know, bit offbeat. We're a bit offbeat. Yeah. Like this, he loves that um, stuff. He
0: does. He works really Scott hard. Scott Pilgrim in that and stuff. things like that. Yeah, that's right. The sort of play on that, the, um, on his image and stuff, and and, and even like stuff like um. The train, snowpiercer. snowpiercer. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It gives him a chance to do more of the work he does in snowpiercer. Yeah, um, but still make Marvel money.
1: I'm so ex- I, like, I got really excited about the idea of just having a movie that's like really tightly focused on like Steve as much as yeah, this was can focused we have this on movie Logan. Called
0: Steve, please. <laughs> just Steve. <laughs> Blandest title you've ever heard. Well, of. Right. Yeah. it's like Shane, which is heavily referenced in Logan. So true. Yeah. True. Yeah. There you go. Uh that would be fantastic.
1: Uh, well. I'm gonna give this movie three and a half stars. Um, I think the yep. first two-thirds of it definitely um, really lifted it. I think if the last third of it had lift up lived up to that, mm. um, I could have gone up to four stars, but I was just a bit disappointed by that
0: yeah. end. I'm, I'm also giving it three and a half because um, it's fine. It's even good. Uh, and it does – some of its, its action is done really well and it looks good, um, but it's not the sort of – don't believe the hype. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you got this far, you've probably seen it already. But I, think I don't. I just the the hype is not right. On
1: this I feel show. like the hype is coming from a place of people didn't know, but I think we kind of had an expectation of it. Yeah, right. Uh, I think the hype is the coming from people. The Wolverine
0: but, was not too bad either, but it was like this. It was very much like this. But
1: also, the trailers were so kind of like the the trailer mm. was almost a better Old Man Logan movie um, <laughs> it, with that that hurt by Johnny Cash, yeah. like really kind of grinding in there getting under your nails and, and making you feel kind of like mm. dragged down and dirty like Wolverine feels. Yeah. That's what this movie needed, that that sense to mm. continue through the whole thing rather than to kind of drop off when the plot picks. Needed, actually, it yeah. felt a bit like the uh, the Marvel TV shows in that way, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they always go into it really gung-ho with this aesthetic. And they, this, they, and they get distracted this by mood. it. They've got to
0: actually get through some plot.
1: Right. Mm. And then they lose it instead of mm. maintaining it like Moonlight. <laughs> yeah. Everything from now on will always be compared unfavorably unfavorably to Moonlight. Yeah,
0: for the rest of the year. If you're, not move, if you're not Moonlight, you're just playing. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> I
0: just like I was talking about
1: it this morning, and I'm just like I was waxing lyrical about it for like 20 minutes. I was like, it's so good, and these people had seen it too. Yeah, I love it so much.
0: Anyway, I'm going to wrap up now. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, where we've now recovered back to a normal amount of tweeting following the Oscars. (laughs) Um, We are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens on Facebook and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.